Welcome to Movie House Sports Psychology, the podcast where we look at your favorite movies and TV shows through the lens of mental health and sports psychology. I'm Dr. Jason Von Steetz, a licensed psychologist specializing in clinical and sports psychology. If you're interested in how psychological principles apply to your favorite fictional characters, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Uh, in today's episode, I'm going to talk to my friend and colleague, Dr. Marielle Ruiz Stasiuk. Uh, she is currently a psychology resident at UC San Diego, where she gets to work with scholar athletes, helping them with mental health issues and with sport performance issues. She's done lots of cool things in her career. Um, she's uh, she's worked as a sports psychology consultant for the U.S. Army. Um, she's got to work with lots of other high performers in a sports psychology capacity. She is uh, an athlete herself. She um, competes in cycling and in endurance events. And uh, like me, she's a movie fan. So we're going to, you know, movies and TV. So today we're going to talk about the first episode of Squid Game, which was a very big hit a couple years ago. And we're just now starting to finally get around to watching it. So we, we're going to talk about episode one. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the mental health issues like um, the desperation um, and um, uh, the stress, the economic stress and, and the uh, gambling addiction that some of the characters are, are demonstrating in the episode. And then we're going to talk about the sports psychology issues that are demonstrated in Squid Game. Um, uh, you're going to hear us talking about some of the uh, games that the characters are coerced and, and forced into competing in and how the characters are going through a fight or flight response and we talk about how we would help them um, with any kind of performance issues that they're dealing with and uh, we're going to talk about you know what what we would do ourselves if we were in a similar situation if we somehow found ourselves captive and forced to compete in these uh, these games in, in Squid Game. So it was a lot of fun to talk to, to uh, Dr. Marielle about, about uh, these topics, and I hope everybody enjoys our discussion. So let's go ahead and get started. All right, let's get started. I am here with my uh, colleague, Dr. Marielle, and we are going to talk about the first episode of a show called Squid Game. Dr. Marielle, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm very excited here. Um, just, you know, I'm excited to talk about that episode. I know it's it's not something new. I know it it came out a couple of probably years ago, but um, I'm just excited to talk about it with like a different lens. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, um, when it came out, uh, it was 
it was uh, everywhere. It was all the rage. Uh, and I meant to get to it. Um, but for some reason, I was just busy, lots of other shows. So when, when you mentioned uh, watching that show uh, as something we could talk about, I was, I was excited because I've been meaning to get to it. Uh, and I, I watched the first episode and it was, uh, it was very dark. It was a lot of fun for me because I, I like that kind of thing. Um, and, and it was uh, not to get ahead of myself too much, but, uh, in the show, they do, um, uh, do some, some, some games that would normally be considered very fun. And then, um, that really caught my interest because in my work with sports psychology clients, I will also do a lot of games. Uh, but this is sort of a new twist on it where maybe it's not as fun as, um, as the the games that we do in session because right. because of the the specific context that they're they're uh using the games and in, in in the show but it, right. was, it was a lot of fun to watch yeah yeah um i think it was very unexpected i wasn't mm -hmm. expecting um that type of game to be involved mm -hmm. and the stake um and i think and i thought about as kids, right? We play for fun and then we're like, eh, I don't want to play this anymore. And you could just leave and stop mm -hmm. playing. Um, so for me, that scene and, and now that you brought it up, I think that was the scene that really caught my attention and my psychology brain started to go mm. crazy because of all the functions and, and the situations that I was paying attention to. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. There was a lot to talk about from a sports psychology perspective. Before we go too much into that, uh, let me just ask you, are, are you a fan of, of horror movies or, or horror shows? Or what, what is it about Squid Game that, that stood out to you that you like? Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not a mm. fan of horror or suspense in like that you'll have to be on really – high alert the entire time um so probably that is why i didn't start watching squid game since the beginning because i thought it was going to be one of those so i kept mm. hearing people like oh my gosh it's it's you know there's a lot of things involved and i don't know why i thought it was very horror and you know the costumes weren't that scary but i was like uh, i'm gonna avoid it um and then i read that it wasn't like horror, um, like scream, like what, what are some horror, I'm avoiding horror at all sure. times. <laughs> some of the worst, the horror movies that it's just, the images are so, um, I don't know, like scary and they just mm -hmm. stay in my mind. So I try to avoid sure. them. Um, but when I read that it wasn't that type of horror, it was more of action suspense. I'm like, eh, okay, I think I can do this. Interesting. Okay. And now I do remember us having a conversation about, about horror movies and you not liking them. Uh, so now I'm going to have to, later on, I'll, I'll revisit that conversation a little bit. Maybe I'll, cause, uh, I suggested that uh, you watch the movie Prey and then you weren't that interested, but now I think I'll send you a trailer so, so you can check that out and see for yourself. All right. uh, I, I don't want to uh, get, off, get us off topic too much, but Prey is a, a sequel to, or a prequel to Predator. Have you ever seen Predator? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Predator is the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and all kinds of 
uh, muscle men with baby oil all over them and they're, yeah. they're in the jungle and then there's a big alien who's hunting them and they're trying to hunt the predator back uh, and then in the movie prey uh, an, an alien comes down to um, uh, the u.s in the 1700s and they the prey the, the predator gets into a big fight with uh, comanche warriors and they're hunting each other uh, so I'm getting excited thinking about that. And then, <laughs> I'm so, open to checking checking it out, but mm-hmm. I think you know where where I would not go to, and mm-hmm. probably I would not be a good guest to talk about some of that type of movies. But yeah, okay. I'm open. <laughs> okay, we'll, you know, we'll have to put that to the side for now. Uh, but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll figure that stuff out later. Yeah. Um, but to get back to Squid Game. Uh, we're going to talk about episode one, and then let me just give kind of a, a brief um, summary of the first episode. Uh, and then this was my first time watching it. Um, I, I think I watched it this morning. Yeah, I watched it this morning, so it, it's fairly fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, so Squid Game takes place in South Korea. Um it must be present day, but now that I think about it, I don't know if they actually said when it takes place. Uh, so it's either present day or sometime in the near future um, in some kind of bad economy where th- people are struggling a, a lot like right now. Um, right, financially, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's the main character. And we meet him right away, and I'm struggling to remember his name, but I think it's something like Ji Hun, or it could be something completely different, and I'm getting that completely wrong. Uh, but the main character is a, an adult man, and you get to meet him at the very beginning and see that um, he's not doing well, he's struggling financially, he's uh, being supported by his uh, aging mother. And uh, he's probably not working. And he you can tell from the context that he's divorced and uh, has a strained relationship with his uh, ex-wife and maybe his daughter, too. Uh, you, they kind of imply that he's let his daughter down, his maybe eight-year-old or so daughter. Um, and he has a gambling addiction, maybe, or a gambling problem. Mm-hmm. And he even resorts to stealing money from his mother in order to gamble. And then um, he gets lucky and does win at gambling. And then he quickly loses it to, well, he actually gets pickpocketed when he's running from loan sharks who want want him to pay up what he owes. And then he is in a desperate situation. Um, he has no money. He finds out that his daughter... Uh, is going to move to the United States because his ex-wife and her husband, her current husband, are are having making plans to move, and then uh, he won't see his daughter anymore. So he he needs money now, and he's sad and alone. And then a mysterious man wearing a suit approaches him and gives him a proposition to play some kind of childhood game. Uh, that seemed a lot like Pogs, if you remember Pogs from the 90s, 
where uh, he takes a piece of paper and throws it down on top of another piece of paper, trying to get that piece of paper to flip over. Mm -hmm. um, and he's mainly, they're gambling and um, he's mainly losing. He's mainly having a bad time. And then he does win at one point and he's feeling really great. And he's, he's on kind of a high. And then he finds out later on that his daughter is going to be moving away and he needs money to, to help out his daughter and to have stability. So then he ends up taking the mysterious man up on an offer to play some kind of mysterious game that he doesn't know anything about. And then that's where things really kick off. And um, he ends up getting knocked out uh, and waking up in some kind of dormitory with lots of other people and he realizes he's in some kind of hunger games slash battle royale scenario and and now you know uh thing, things are getting started now there's danger and and drama ensues uh so so that now that's where we're gonna start talking about things but but what are you thinking now that i'm sort of <laughs> jogging your memory or maybe and, and talking about the episode yeah it just kind of I summarized what, while you were talking, I was summarizing the story in my, and picturing every scene. Um, and I think two things that just stand out when you mentioned um, desperate. Mm -hmm. So he was desperate and um, the mysterious man came in in a time where he was desperate and mm -hmm. vulnerable. So I think right. those are two two things that I'm noticing. So, um, yeah. And, and, and then he goes into this hunger game. Um, right. so yeah, that's, that's what I'm just going to say now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was desperate and vulnerable. And at the very beginning, he was telling that mysterious man to basically to F off, you know, get away from me. I'm not trying to buy anything from you. I'm not trying to join your cult. You know, uh, he, he, he very correctly, um, uh, uh, perceives the man as uh, untrustworthy. But then, you know, how about uh, we play this game? And if you win, then you get uh, something like 100,000 won. Um, and then I, if, I think I saw that that actually amounts to about $4,000. Uh, but, you know, if you're very desperate, $4,000, I mean, even to me right now, $4,000 is a lot of money. Uh, so he had the opportunity to win $4,000 in a couple of seconds, you know, by playing this game. And then um, he got, he got sucked into it. Um, one of the things that um, we know from social psychology, uh, there's the, I think it's called the foot in the door technique where, you know, if you get somebody or if somebody gets you to participate in something a little bit or help them out a little bit or, or do a little bit of something, then now they're more open to uh, participating even more in the future. So that mysterious man kind of gets them hooked, almost like uh, we hear like, uh, you know, maybe a, a drug dealer will give away the, the first, uh, you know, product for, for free. And then now you're more interested and uh, now you're going to be more willing to, to be even more, um, I guess, involved, you could say. And, 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 you know, um, they've kind of got your hooks in you at, at that point. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and now that you're talking about social psychology, mm-hmm. I think that that played a lot in into this first episode because mm-hmm. there were a lot of people who were all desperate, who right. were all in need, and they were all in this together, but they didn't know what was happening. So it's like, what, why are we here? And then they start learning what, what the show right. <laughs> starts, right? But they, it was a total surprise for everyone to like, mm-hmm. oh, what's happening? So that was another aspect of surprise that it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then now to uh, move us forward in time uh, a little bit in the episode. Uh, so the group of people, uh, there's a group of people that agreed to play this mysterious man's uh, larger game where they can win even more money. And still, they don't even know how much money they could win. It's all very, very mysterious, very, very shady. Um, and they find out that the first game they're going to play is uh, another childhood game uh, called Red Light, Green Light. And um, they have really simple instructions. You know, uh, you're all lined up. And when I say green light, move forward. And then when I say red light, stop moving. And if we detect your movement, you will be eliminated. And then they have five minutes to uh, to complete the game, to get to the other side. Um, and um, if they don't make it to the other side of the, the courtyard uh, in five minutes, then they are eliminated. Uh, so those are the rules that they hear. And then um, they start it thinking it's fun, not really thinking too much. And then, and then they're confronted with a very harsh reality of what's really going on. Yeah. <laughs> The surprise of the game that they didn't expect. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think for me, starting that scene was it was the environment that it was like a backyard scene. And like you said, it's a childhood game. So they kind of replicated that too. Like, oh, we're playing outside. There's clouds that are fake and everything looks like we're in the playground. And then there's this huge girl like plastic Mm, robot machine and and she looks like a girl like very innocent so everybody's like looking around and they still don't understand but I think the key point here is the instructions were very clear Mm -hmm. this is what you have to do if you want to win you have to go to the other side so everybody's like still in denial like why are we here why am I here um but then do you want to talk about what happened next? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the word eliminated can mean so many different things. Eliminated yeah. could mean you're not in the game anymore. Go stand to the side and then just watch other people win. Uh, that's what I would have assumed that it meant. You know, you're just out of the game. Better luck next time. Um, but Thanks what actually for playing. Happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for playing. Uh, but what actually happened, uh, you know, when the first person uh, – accidentally moved during the game uh the he was detected by the large robot girl uh and then uh there were snipers on on the sides of the courtyards and um uh that person was shot and killed um and then of course that sparked a, a huge panic when people realized what happened 
And like uh, in what I've heard could happen in real life, at first people didn't even know what was going on. So they just saw someone collapse and then they were just kind of curious and concerned. Like, oh, what is that? Hmm. And then when it was time to move again, someone got closer, saw what it, what it was, what happened, and then panicked. And then that started a huge panic of maybe half of people or maybe maybe most of people. It, it was hard to tell. Um, and then all of those people were, were shot. The snipers, the sharpshooters just kept shooting. People kept panicking. And then the people who were maybe uh, more savvy uh, and were able to uh, freeze, uh, they, uh, they survived. Or maybe they weren't necessarily more savvy, but maybe they had a, a freeze response from feeling anxious so they were maybe they were just frozen from terror uh but they survived and then the game started again and then there was a um an old man who said he only had a few months left to live or that's what his doctor told him and he seemed to have a very clear head and did not seem to have any anxiety he he had very little to lose yeah um at you know he at most he was losing a few months of life if if he failed and he kind of giddily just kind of hopped along and then stopped moving when it was time to stop and then he started moving again and then the other players saw that and said oh okay that's that's the right idea and then they started moving too um not that everybody was able to do it successfully uh but what was that what was that like for you watching that take place yeah, I think there were a lot of things happening at once. Um, and I think where my mind went, it, it was what would have I've done if I was there? Like just, boop, this is the game. And then, you know, shooting. And I think we've seen that in real life, that that is something very scary to experience. Mm-hmm. And it could be very traumatic, or it is something that is very yeah. traumatic. Um, but in the moment, I think you mentioned it, it's like freeze. Um, and and people just react differently to those type of situations. I think I would have either faint. <laughs> or, so I would have been good until I wake up and, and realize mm. what was happening. Yeah. Um, or just freeze, like, I think it's this seeing what the consequence was that yeah. being shot. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Like the brain goes into that, uh, pro- like protection is like survival mode. That for me, it was like, oh my gosh, why would I? What would have I've done? What would have my brain done if I was yeah. there? And I think you made that contrast with. Um, the elder man that Mm -hmm. was number one. And I remember he was like wearing the number one, um, nothing to lose. And he was enjoying himself. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's different personalities and everybody was, um, performing differently based on experience. And, And you can see that some people were really, really scared. Um, and some were more composed than others. So that was interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was so it was so interesting watching uh, that uh, 
the the elderly man uh, because it really showed you that the strategy of the tortoise and the hare does work even in that really extremely dangerous and stressful environment because um, you know he's probably physically the slowest and uh, he's um, but he also had the least pressure on him and he would only be able to take a few steps and then pause a few steps and then pause. And he did it. He wasn't the first person to cross, but he was, I think he was one of the earlier people. And, um, so yeah, uh, he, he, he was able to make it without any, without any real difficulty. Um, and if someone was to faint, like, like you were saying that, you know, you might have, and it's very possible, you probably would be fine until the five minutes are up. So that that's interesting to think about. So someone could faint, and then as long as they faint during a green light, they're going to be perfectly fine <laughs> um, right. un- until the time is up. So, uh, yeah, so who knows what... What would have uh, happened. Yeah. And, and what do you think... Uh, what if you knew you had a, an athlete or performer, you know, someone who was going to be in some kind of challenge like this, and, um, you know, this is a very extreme challenge, but, you know, maybe, uh, you have, there's an old show, old show called American Gladiator where something like this kind of would happen, but they would shoot, shoot Nerf balls at people instead of like actual bullets Yeah, Or, or a soldier, uh, might actually, you know, not this type of situation, but, you know, something somewhat similar. Uh, what do you think you would do with somebody who was going to face these types of challenges? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. Um, well, I think you mentioned soldiers and, and some of my experiences, I've worked two years as a contractor for the army, and I think mm-hmm. they're exposed to situations that are um similar to what they would face if they were in a mission or in a situation that was high risk. So I think um, they are trained under pressure. They're trained under situations that would lead to their brains get used to being in situations that are high risk. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's learning to perform under pressure when your performance needs to to matter. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think you did say this is the extreme, right? Because Mm -hmm. this is, I don't, nobody would like, I don't want anybody to sign up for anything like this. Um, that's why it's a show, but, um, it teaches us that, you know, we can train our brains, like at least what we've studied, what we've learned Mm -hmm. with literature and in the performance world, we can train our brains to, perform under pressure and to do our best. Um, and of course there's individual, um, characteristics. Like I mentioned, like probably you would have been like, okay, I just need to compose and just take Mm -hmm. a couple of breaths. And then we're all different and we don't know how we're going to react until we're in a situation like that or a similar situation. Um, so training, I think training, someone into if they're competing in this big uh, arena or something like exposing Mm. them to um a lot of people involved or Mm, like uh, noises and and so that's kind of like just getting prepared for what's coming and not be surprised 
yeah what would you do man yeah that, that's tough um going going off of, of what you said as far as training people to um get used to noises and distractions and and uh, all the chaos that, that's going on um I, I think that's a really good point um uh when i um competed in weightlifting uh, years ago uh one of the things we would do is um you know uh, every once in a while practice with kind of a, a bent bar or practice with um you know people having a conversation right next to you kind of as part of as part of your training have those people around you trying to distract you or um maybe making loud noises or bringing in more people to just be there to be a part of the atmosphere so that you have to perform um with with uh, kind of a um a game day like environment so i i think that would it's hard to say what would happen in real life but um <laughs> but that is what did you what is yeah i was going to say also like motivation i think for them is the money right it's mm. the, the money is the motive and and yeah. that's what i can imagine it will bring them to like i'm here for the next one and the next one and and i think that's what in, in sports psychology and performance psychology, we talk about your why, um, right. how bad do you want it? And I think if we think of that phrase, how mm -hmm. bad do you want this money? You know, in, in that episode, they, they're real bad. So right. they're going right. to do anything. And, and it just sounds like they're going to do anything, um, to, to, to win the prize. Yeah, that's that's so interesting to think about. Um, uh, and then generally with uh, sports psychology work uh, in real life, you know, uh, I would try to uh, help people to um, connect to their values and think about like what brings them meaning in life and how that can how they can connect their tasks that they need to do, their workout, their um, you know, uh, learning their, their their skills they need to do and, and all that stuff. I would want to help them to connect that to their core personal values. And then generally that gives them the best chance to um, to perform their best and, and get the outcome that they want. In this situation, it really is because of, of money. Uh, and, you know, there's um, money is important. Uh, people need it to pay their rent, to buy food to generally survive, to feed their families. Um, so, yeah, I think e even in this situation, trying to, con it could be helpful for them. And maybe, I've only seen episode one, so maybe we'll see in later episodes that people who are doing well might be connecting the money to, or their goals to win, to their um, uh, their love for their children, or uh, for whatever it might be and, and make it um, meaningful. And, and that maybe that is what's going to end up motivating them um, down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, you know, and I, I know probably a lot of um, the people that are going to listen mm -hmm. to this, that probably already know what's going to happen, <laughs> but I think going back and just 
you know, talking about what happened in, in the first episode, I think that was like the grand opening of this big show that was super popular. So um, there must be something that brings people mm -hmm. to, 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 to observe and to watch uh, human yeah. performance in, in a different way. Yeah. And then let me ask you one more question. Um, if you knew tomorrow you were going to have to be in the squid game, oh, um, uh, you know, there's, there was no escaping it. You woke up and you were in that dormitory or, you know, you, you knew you were going to sign up for it. What would you do tonight? Or what would you do, you know, while you still had time? Oh God. Okay. Um, it's just giving me anxiety just to think about <laughs> it. But, mm -hmm. but so probably that's where I would start. So mm -hmm. what's bringing my anxiety? So thinking about, um, so what type of thoughts I'm having and um, maybe do a visualization mm. um, to prep myself for the upcoming yeah. performance for the unknown. So I know that sometimes, um, you know, in, in, in sport and performance, we already know what, where you're going to compete or where, what is it going to look like? But in this case, you don't know, or I wouldn't yeah. know. So it's just preparing, maybe do some mindfulness and some techniques to yeah. decrease my anxiety. Um, probably sleep is going to be hard because yeah. I'll be thinking about that, but um, just review my strengths. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I think I'm in good physical shape. I think that, you know, I'll, have some mental skills with me. So just recognizing and just reviewing my skill set, I think mm -hmm. that would have just boosted my confidence level to mm -hmm. whatever it is. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And I'm uh I'm not in good physical shape right now. So that poses a little bit of a problem for me. Um uh I'm like like a lot of professionals, I'm a washed up uh, former athlete. Uh, so, hmm, I guess maybe I would maybe stretch a little bit, okay. warm up my body a little bit, but not try to actually push it too hard. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then you never know if uh, physical ability is actually going to play into the game. That's it might not. Yeah. Um, so then I guess I would try to see if there's any signs, any clues to what's going on, but try not to think about it too much because then that's just going to exhaust me. Yeah. And uh, I think I might just try to breathe, just try to just keep doing deep breathing here and there. Um, and hopefully I could sleep, but I would imagine probably not getting sleep really and then just tolerating doing my best to tolerate the discomfort and um and then hopefully try to be like that old man where you know i'm do my best to just play the game and have fun have, have, maybe have some fun and um and one of the things to think about uh that i'm just realizing now if you lost the game, it you get shot so fast that you you don't really for the most part you don't really suffer and you don't even know that it happened. So I'll just be playing the game, doing my best, and then all of a sudden it's lights out and that's it. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah so yeah it's, it's interesting to think about it that way like mm -hmm. what would you do if you just wake up in that storm um but yeah it's it's just cool to think about and i'm glad that you provided this space because i mean i i had these ideas and things in my head but now talking about them and connecting yeah. them with real life was um it was actually pretty cool yeah yeah then maybe uh you can be the squid game in-house sports psychologist <laughs> and <laughs> that's what i'm thinking if they yeah. call me in okay let's mm -hmm. do this <laughs> Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, well, uh, it's it's time to wrap up, but this was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to watching the upcoming episodes. Uh, hopefully we can talk about something again soon, maybe in the next episode, maybe a, another movie or TV show. Perfect. And uh, yeah, uh, thank, thanks for, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for the space. No problem. This has been Movie House Sports Psychology. Find me on Instagram or Twitter using my handle at CBT Sports Psych and tell me what you think. Thanks for listening.